see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. We interrupt our regular schedule of Unpacked with PMMI podcasts to continue our series addressing key issues during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, I'm Sean Riley. Today we welcome Nancy Cobb. With over 20 years in the manufacturing industry, Nancy provides training for PMMI's Certified Trainer Workshop. During today's podcast, she's going to explain to us what's happening now in training and what members and their customers can expect as they prepare for states and countries to slowly reopen and emerge from the pandemic. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us on the podcast, Nancy. Oh, I'm happy to be here. So let's just jump right in. We all are aware of everything that's going on, obviously, with the pandemic and the big impact it's had on everything we do. So basically, how is training being handled now or what is happening right now in regards to training? You know, that's a great question because I think people need to know what's happening now and that how that might change. Um, in general, training is kind of all over the board, but the majority is very limited. And when people are going out for training, it's, uh, it's different. It's different from the perspective that, uh, for, from the standpoint of a tech, for example, they would fly places because they fly all over the country. Well, now they have to drive. And that's created kind of a burden because, you know, I talked to different people and they said it took me 10 hours to drive there or six hours. And so that adds a bit of a burden. And um, when they go there, they're never quite sure what to expect because they don't have any previous um, information about the expectations at the plant. In many cases, actually, when they're going out to do a service call, which might be really important, they kind of tack in a little bit of training. Right. The other thing that they're seeing is that um, because production lines are down or or lower, or whatever is going on, that they're getting smaller groups, which the techs love, because there isn't that pressure, like, okay, just do it and get it over with, we need to cut your time, which they run into all the time. So the time is shorter, they have smaller groups, less pressure, so it's actually a good environment. Now, one of the gentlemen uh, that I talked to recently, he was just going out for his first time into the field to do some training. And luckily he was doing it with a large company, a very people focused company. And the way, and they explained, they said, we're gonna call you just before it's time to leave to make sure you're okay. We're gonna ask you a bunch of questions and then we'll actually decide whether we want you to come in. So that's the first step. And then when you come in, expect to have your temperature taken, additional questions, and you know the big three in terms of sanitizing, mask, and social distancing. So his his stress level went from high to oh okay they care. So it made a big difference. What a time to to have your first 
<laughs> time going out into field. So so basically the the first thing that we we should take from that is if if at all possible, you know, let the person that's coming in know what your expectations are as the person that's going to be hosting them, right? Absolutely. And you know, we're all experiencing first and we're all learning, so this is just another example. Interesting. Okay, so so you you kind of have touched on how that's happening in with this reduced capacity and it's setting up with smaller groups of people for the um, the actual training sessions, which makes for an, a better learning environment, obviously. How can packaging companies prepare their service tech um, when everything kind of ramps back up? You know, w- what are the components to be considered, you know, as this reopening reentry kind of comes back to fruition? Reentry is kind of a hot button right now, and the word is going to mean many different things. But I, I kind of go back to um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is basically what do people really need from the beginning to the end? And there's five layers of it, but there's two that I really want to emphasize that really are important right now because a lot of companies, you know, manufacturing companies, PMMI members, they have procedures for scheduling and things like that, but it's that re-entry, the people part that's so important. So when we think of the needs of people, the first and foremost, very honestly, is survival. Do I have a job? (laughs) What is it going to look like? Am I going to get paid the same amount of money? And, you know, they really, they have responsibilities. We all have responsibilities. So it's kind of like, you know, I got to feed my kids. I got to pay my rent. And, you know, all those things are important. If they don't know that, then the stress level is going to be very high. Now, the one thing about this whole pandemic and the reentry is there's no, you know, there's no previous experience. So there's no perfect way just yet we're learning about those. But if they can think in terms of, you know, what what do they need to survive? What, what do we need to tell them to help them in the transition? Um, you may not, you know, as a PMMA member or manager or whatever, they may not have all the answers, but people need something because silence creates anxiety. So if they can just share, this is our plan, but also with the caveat, we don't know it's going to be a perfect plan, so it may change, but we just want to let you know right now the direction we're going. So I think that's really critical. And the second, and this won't be any surprise, is safety. You know, the virus is not controlled and it's still not being taken lightly. So it's really important that Uh, my members have guidelines and not that they just have them and they talk about them. They're they're in writing. Everybody knows about them. Even if they've had like a little Zoom meeting to introduce it, they need to have established their guidelines. And when they work with their customers, they need to let the customers know what those guidelines are. That's, I mean, that's really important. And I think the hard part for techs or service people or anybody that's going out to a customer is that you know, every state has different requirements and they may be going to a state that has lightened up on those. The people that are going out should not lighten up. They should be, you know, using the guidelines of their company um, because they have to protect themselves and they have to protect the other people. So guidelines are really important. And even more important, if you have guidelines, don't just talk about them you have to demonstrate them. I mean, there's nothing worse than saying, oh, you all have to wear you know, mask every time you go in and then they don't ever wear masks. So I think we all know what that's like hearing that. So I really wanna emphasize that. 
And then the other side of that is they need to know what the requirements are from the end user so that they're prepared for it. And the example that I gave in terms of referring to the the temperature and the previous call and so on kind of exemplifies that. So the two biggest things, survival, do I have a job? And secondly, safety. Very interesting. And and, and the, the silence creating anxiety is something that we've heard throughout this um, with all these podcasts we've done that that communication has kind of been the biggest thing that from the top down that that has helped, um, you know, employees and staff um, just understand what's going on. And that's a great way of putting it, this, that silence creates anxiety. Um, what do you think will be the biggest specific um, training issues during this? We have to use this term. I know it varies, like you said, during this reentry period for both sides, for the PMI members that are selling the equipment and the customers that you know they're going out and, and seeing how the customers can prepare for that. Um, when you ask about some of the biggest training issues, I think um, the customers are really eager to get their production back. So they're going to be in a hurry. And as so often happens, training takes a back seat. And so uh, the people that are coming in, service techs and so on, they may not get the attention that they need. And so I think that's going to be a big issue. And very honestly, that's always an issue but I think it's going to be um, really accelerated in people's needs to get people back to work. So that's one. The other thing that I think is going to be a big issue is that you don't know the workers that you're going to be getting. So there may be brand new employees. There may be people that died. So they have replacements and people that were from different parts of the plant. And, you know, very honestly, we're all human when we forget some stuff. And so if you're going out in the field, especially if you're going for training, don't just jump right into the training. Just understand that they need a little refresher. Probably the best way to kind of check on that is through a needs assessment ahead of time. It could be just a phone call. It could be very informal, but it helps you to know what you're getting into. And you may have a class that has the whole range of no experience to you know much experience. So I think those are going to be two of the biggest training issues. Interesting. Um, I'm thinking of someone that's been hired during this or someone that was hired right beforehand and they were someone that wasn't trained and they've had to figure out because you said training is something that kind of falls through the cracks during something like this. Um, but someone has worked on the the equipment without formal training. Then the trainer comes in after the fact. Is that a good thing that they've already kind of been working on it or is that a hindrance to the trainer because they have to sort of reteach them in case they have um, you know, bad habits? Well, <laughs> a little bit of all of that, really. I think that, um, again, to do a needs assessment is so critical. And, you know, in, in the trainer certification program, we kind of say there's two different ways. The formal way where you know ahead of time, and we have a form for that to get the idea. Um, and then the informal, so that when you get there and you meet your, your students, that you ask questions, you know, tell me about your experience. Have you worked on this equipment before? And when, if you get the wide range, which I kind of expect in this transition period, is that the people that are experienced can be a great asset to help demonstrate and coach the people that don't know things. Oh, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, that hit a lot of the things um, that we wanted to have you on to discuss. Are there any other things that you can think of with your background and in, in training 
Um, I think that people are saying, well, what's going to be the same? What's going to be different? Right. And I think I alluded to, to some extent, what's going to be the same is there's not going to be enough time to train or the site of the group may be bigger. Now, I am really hoping that they've seen the better of the smaller group. And I'm also hoping that social distancing will help to enforce the idea of the smaller group. Um, but time will tell. Um, I think the demands on trainers or service techs or anybody that's out there is going to be high because people are in a hurry and prep time will be low. So those are the things I think that are kind of the same. Uh, the things that are different is that, again, I'm hoping, and this is such a big deal, that they'll have smaller groups and the smaller groups can create a new opportunity. Now, for example, if they really don't have time to train and they can't train a lot of people, um, ask your customer to say, well, give me some subject matter experts, people that are really good at what they do. And it could be a maintenance mechanic, an electrician, an operator, all those kind of people. And when they do go in to train, really spend intensive good time with those people who then can help to train the other people. And um, the part that I, I really like and I've always emphasized by developing sort of internal resources is if you take that route, um, it's so important to have a communication system with both subject matter experts. So the beauty of doing that, whether it be a phone call or a FaceTime or whatever it is, is that you are actually enhancing your customer service tremendously because very seldom do people go in and they do their training and then they're going back or they're calling to do calls. You know, maybe the calls are coming from a different department. So I, I can't overemphasize the importance, and I think we all know the importance of customer service. So that could be something that's a great opportunity. Um, customers, again, are, are all about getting up quickly and less about safety guidelines. So um, people, again, I'll emphasize going in, they need to maintain their, their safety guidelines. Now, some of the things that we've all experienced that are new to us are the Zoom calls, the Zoom, meet, Zoom meetings, more FaceTime, um, online FAQs, videos that people can watch. And I think people are getting really used to it and kind of like that as an option. So to me, Sometimes when service uh, reps are called out to uh, a company, especially if they're under warranty, the equipment's under warranty, um, they're going to call you for everything. So I've heard so many stories about people call and they say, we need somebody here right away. It's so important. They try to, jump, to troubleshoot over the phone, but they insist that somebody comes out. And then that person flies, comes out, spends all that extra money. And they find out it's like so simple. It happens all the time. So if you had the opportunity to use Zoom or FaceTime, it would be a great cost savings and time savings. Right. So I'm hoping what's one of the things that's new is this whole idea of using other venues. And I think, again, We've actually been trained to think that way, by the, especially by the use of Zoom. Um, the other thing, and I just want to kind of use an example of, of things, of companies that have done their re-entry. And I'm going to think of two car dealerships, not dealerships, but companies. So one was so eager, they could brought all their people back. 
in two days, there were two cases of the virus. They had to shut down again. So a lot of back and forth. The other example was very interesting. So you can imagine any auto plant is large with thousands of people or at least a lot of people. So this company said everybody has to enter the plant at one entryway. I can't even I can't even imagine that. And they kind of showed pictures. It was this was on TV. And there was a little bit of social distancing. So they had to come in, they had to go through, you know, the equipment that sees if you have a fever and answer some questions. Then you can go to your your location, your workstation. Well, my first thought was like, how on earth can you do that? And how long does it take before a line can be up and running? (laughs) You know, I mean, so the message that I'm trying to get across here is come early because you're not sure all the time what to expect when you get there. So if you're expected at 7 a.m. and you don't know that there's going to be a lineup of people, you know, waiting to get their temperature taken or whatever, you could end up being an hour, two hours late to, you know, your assigned time. So that, I mean, I always think people should come early, but I think it's especially important in this day and age. Thanks. So. Thanks so much. That's that's given people a ton of things to think about that I hadn't thought of, and I'm I'm sure many of them haven't thought of, um, especially from the people that are going to be hosting the trainer as well as um, the trainers that are going out to do the training themselves. Yeah, I wish them luck because um, you know we're all facing challenges, but stay true to your guidelines. <laughs> I really believe that. Perfect. Thanks so much for your time, Nancy. You are more than welcome.